You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. It is a Victory Monday. I love me some Victory Mondays. The Bucks are three and one. Um, to this point, as a Buccaneer fan, if you're not elated, shame on you. Because I don't know if anybody saw this coming. Um, after the, seeing the Bucks the way they they beat the New Orleans Saints and Listen, sometimes scores can be deceiving. That game was a little closer than the score, all right? The Saints, well, the Bucks have to create fumbles, okay? But when you're coming out from the goal line and the one-yard line, you give the ball to the fullback. First of all, what the hell are you giving the ball to a guy that doesn't touch the ball for from the one-yard? I don't get that, period. Anyways, they fumble the ball. That was a big turning point of the game for me. I believe at that point it was 7-3. to three, Ended up being 14-3 to three at halftime. And the Saints, Carr, his raggly arm. I, I was listening to the broadcast, and they kept on saying his arm looks good. Not to me, it didn't. To me, you know, other than that, that long pass he threw, uh, I don't remember who it was, too, but it, it was a good five yards short, okay? But a lot of NFL co- uh, quarterbacks do that. The rest of his balls that he was throwing outside the hash, to me, they didn't have any velocity at all. I mean, <laughs> throughout the whole game, like I, I begged for Jameis Winston. I was begging for Jameis Winston. And it wasn't because I'm a Saints fan, trust me. It's because I'm a Buccaneer fan. I knew the Bucs would be all over Jameis Winston, and they proved that on that one throw that he threw. I didn't even see it. I, I bailed in the game. I, I didn't watch the last drive. I was like, why, why, why want to watch this? And I didn't see the interception. I wish I, wish I would have. But the Buccaneers, I tell everybody, I'm not that optimistic, rah-rah, pom-pom guy. I don't do that. Let's be real with it now. I'm going to be as real as I can. I don't know if the Bucs are going to lose a Southern game this year in the South. The Saints don't look good. We just dismantled the Saints in their house. That doesn't ever happen. I'm telling you, it doesn't. We dismantled them in their house, okay? Carolina's god-awful. Atlanta scored 13 points in the last two weeks, and the Bucs are 3-1. and one. If you go undefeated in the South, there's no way you don't go to playoffs. There's no way you don't get a, a, you know, a home playoff game. That's the way it goes, all right? It would have been nice to see Jameis in that game just for the um, fireworks. But after it's all said and done, I think we're, as Buck fans, we were better off with Carr in there because Carr was ineffective. I don't really know. At seven and three, at seven and three, I don't know. I, I think I'd have yanked him. It just didn't look good. It didn't look like they were going to score any points. Now I know that you, you just paid a lot of money into Carr, and you don't want to bruise his psyche. But competitors, you got to take a competitor off the field, man. A competitor is not just going to walk off the field by themselves. It's not going to happen. You got to you got to drag their ass off the field. And I respect Carr for that. But he didn't. He didn't look right. He just did. Didn't unfortunately. So we're three and one. We're at the top of the NFC South. The Falcons don't look good. Panthers don't look good. Saints don't look great. If you had to pick a team right now to win the division, I would pick the Buccaneers. I really would. Now, that was a rosy part of it. Now here's here's more of the realistic part of it. Regardless of what I just said, the Buccaneers still have to get better at quite a few aspects of their game for them to continue to win because I've been here before I've been on sports radio before the Bucks were three and one or four and one and I let everybody know before we end up being 
12 and whatever or 15 and whatever or 11 and whatever. We got to correct some of these things. And if you don't correct it, the, lo- the losses will start to pile up, okay? The Bucks don't have a large list. They don't. They did better stopping the run yesterday. It could be better still. They're not a running football team. I think they're 25th running the ball, 25th, 27th, somewhere in there. They're not a running football team. You don't have to be a running football team to be effective. But when you're talking, you know, close close to the vest type games with a good defense, there's going to be times this year where running the football is going to be essential and stopping the run is going to be essential as well. All right? The Buccaneers offensively, I'm not quite sure what their strength is. Right now, the Bucs' strength is winning. That's what they do. They're winning, okay? I think they're playing with energy, and I think the energy's coming through Baker Mayfield right now. And we'll talk a little bit more about Baker Mayfield in a little bit. We still have to run the ball on a more consistent basis for me because we're still not that high-flying offense. We're, just, we're, still, we're still not that, all right? Rasheed White had more bounce yesterday, all right? He had a little bit more bounce, but you can't be up and down. I, I, I don't know how many conversations I have about running backs all the time. There's two running back names in the league, McCaffrey and Henry. That's it. All the rest of them are numbers. It doesn't matter who our running back is. It doesn't matter. It depends on how well our offensive line is playing. In the trenches, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. But that's real. Look around the league. And I was talking to um, former Buccaneer Mark Royals and, and, and Galvin, who's also a Steeler fan, and we're talking about the old Steelers. The Steelers have lost their way. Okay? They, they've forgotten what they were. You know, and Galvin today was on Mike Calter's show, start talking about all the running backs that were great for the Steelers. And I go, yeah, all of them. But were they all great or was the system great? The line great and the mentality great. The Steelers went from Bettis to Barry Word to Parker to this guy to that guy to everybody and everybody was successful. It's a mentality. The Bucks got to work towards that mentality. And listen, I don't know at the end of the year if they're going to be a running team. And I don't know if it's essential to win. But to continue to win offensively, one week it's Mike Evans, next week it's Godwin. I mean, yesterday was Tompkins, Palmer. That's not a bad thing. We need to stay healthy, okay? We need to stay healthy. As long as Baker Mayfield's doing this, and that was a real test to Baker Mayfield yesterday. I'm not quite sure everybody understands how tough it is to go into New Orleans and win. I don't think I ever did it in seven tries. I don't believe I ever did it, but that's not the same. But Baker Mayfield walked into what I think is the toughest place in the country to play, went 25 for 32, 78% completion. 246 yards passing is a nice day for me. I don't need any more than that. Three TDs, one interception, 117 rating, and 31 yards rushing with some energy in there. The rushing yards are, are big for the energy part of it. Get your ass down, Baker. Baker I mean, Baker, you're a starting quarterback now. Right now, it, it took four weeks for you to establish yourself as a starting quarterback, now act like one. Never saw the greats got hit like the one he got hit yesterday, <laughs> okay? And that's love, Baker. That's love. Don't get hit like that no more. I don't want to see you get hit in the chest and your feet underneath you and your head hitting the ground. 
It's not going to happen too many more times. Get rid of that damn ball. Get rid of it. You got to preserve yourself, okay? It's a long-ass football season. Defensively, I like for the most part what I saw yesterday. I always want more pass rush. You always do. I think they had three sacks. Uh, Antoine Winfield had one. Vita had a couple. Vita and uh, Devin White didn't look healthy, although they were in there fighting. That's all I want is for people to fight, all right? Vita had two sacks. Vita's an issue when he's healthy. He really is. And the Buccaneers stopped the run for the most part and did what they had to do to get it done with a team that, that the Saints knew they were going to beat the Bucs in their house. The Saints don't fear the Bucs at all. They really don't. They don't. Maybe the Bucs have gotten a little bit blessed this year by catching a, a car with a noodle arm because his arm, he had a noodle arm yesterday, okay? Mike Evans, I did, in, in Mike Evans' defense, I'm not going to be the one to say I told you because I don't really like to do that. But Mike Evans is down the back end of his career now. We can't expect Mike Evans to continue to play 17 weeks straight through. You just can't expect that, okay? You can't expect it. Not playing the way he does, not doing what he does. You're going to probably see Mike miss a few games this year. That's the way it is. He may get 1,000 yards, but it's going to be like struggling to get that 1,000 yards. And that's not a bad thing. I said last week, Chris Godwin's got to be the guy, and I think he's the guy. And now some of the other names are emerging. And then when you think about the Buccaneers, okay, and here's where it gets, you got to think about the future, okay, especially if you're a, a GM like Jason Light, right? We could keep on force-feeding Mike Evans, but what is that doing for the future? You know, the future of this team would be Chris Godwin, possibly, would be Palmer, possibly, Tompkins, possibly, like, do I think you can build around a five foot nine wide receiver? No, I think he's a good changeup guy. I don't think he could be a number one and number two on a consistent basis. But it's about the future of this football team. And Jason Light and Todd Bowles have to be thinking about that at all times, all right? Think about Jason Light and his job. He has to be thinking about his job at all times. And you, you retain your job by winning, all right? Jason Light, if the Bucks were to come out this year and, and laid an egg and went 5-12, and 12, people have been calling for Jason Light's job. They'd have fired Todd Bowles. They definitely would have fired Todd Bowles, I would think. Although I'm not in the front office. I don't know what their mentality is, but the fans would make that happen. They go 5-12 five and, five and, and because Todd Bowles don't have that much love up there cause I, out there because I, I listen. There's not a lot of love out there. So Jason Light's always fighting for his job. Todd Bowles is always fighting for his job, although they just signed extensions and they'll get paid regardless. Good for them. The quarterback position is interesting to this point. Who thinks we should sign, re-sign Baker Mayfield right now and after four weeks? Because, I'm, like I said last week, he's playing better than he has, but it's still Baker Mayfield-like, Okay. And this is, okay, I want you to hear this part of it because it's been pretty rosy to this part. We think Baker Mayfield is playing great because the Bucks are winning. Because sometimes people score 20 points. Like last week, the Denver Broncos scored 20 points. Russell Wilson didn't play that bad. But you gave up 70. If you win 20 to 13... Everybody talks about how well the, the quarterback played. So I don't know if Baker Mayfield 
to this point can play any better than he's been playing to this point because I don't want him to. When I look at his statistics and I see 246 yards passing, it's a perfect number. 246 yards passing, 150 yards rushing, that's not what they had, but to me those are perfect numbers. We don't want 40 throws and 45 throws. 400 yards passing is great. Listen, I watched the Kansas City Chiefs play last night. They're going to score some points, but that's not a championship team I saw out there. Patrick Mahomes looked god-awful. He looked god-awful. He threw three picks as uncharacteristic to any quarterback. That I mean, they were terrible. Even after he threw them, he was thinking, well, what the? I could do a 28-minute show on just the Taylor Swift stuff. I swear to God. That's the stuff. This is the, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't get it. Uh, and listen, the NFL is brilliant in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, I can't stand them. They're doing exactly what they should do. Because they're, if you're hearing all the shenanigans and tomfoolery going on with the Taylor Swift stuff, now people, I think Kelsey's his jersey sale went from 27th to 5th. People are buying Kelsey jerseys and putting Swifty on the back. Shoot me in my face. Are you kidding me? Come on now. I want to watch. Yesterday I sat down and watched Sunday Night Football. I go, who's on? So this is the Jets and, and, and the Chiefs. And I'm here with the dignitary hanging out in the back watching the big TV. And I say, if I hear anybody say Taylor Swift's name, I'm shooting you in the back of your head. And next thing you know, the TV went on. And it was straight Taylor Swift for the next 35 minutes. Straight through. Straight Taylor Swift. And then they showed her in concert. And they showed her holding his hand. And then I have to say this on a personal basis, okay? I really, truly believe, and this is from the bottom of my heart, Travis Kelsey's kicking himself today. Why? I think it started off as a joke. Like somebody said, who's your celebrity crush? He was like, oh, I love me some, I love me some Taylor Swift. And then Taylor Swift hits him up. And if Taylor Swift said, let's go on a date, you got to go on a date with Taylor Swift. You have to do it. I would. I'm not overly attracted to her, and I don't really love her music. I don't really like her music either. But if she said, I want to go on a date with you, Ian, I'm going out with Taylor Swift. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know if Travis Kelsey has slept with Taylor Swift or if he's kissed her or if he's knocked the bottom out of it three dozen times. We don't know anything about their relationship. But let me ask you one question. What's going to happen if Travis Kelsey, who normally likes sisters, by the way, is caught in a club with a sister? Boy, them Swifties going to get you. Because... I saw an interview with Travis Kelsey's last girlfriend, who's a sister, and she's getting death threats from Swifties. She's getting death threats from pop music stars, fans, <laughs> because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. What year is this? What year is it that I have to watch a football game and watch Patrick Mahomes waving at Taylor Swift in the press box? What year is it? If you want to find somebody who's tired of Taylor Swift and listening to Taylor Swift while I'm watching my football, I'm the guy. Pick me. Quarterback situation, don't know how that's going to be next year. Don't know if you think it's a, a good idea to, to re-sign Baker Mayfield right now. But the long and short of it is, people, if you re-sign a quarterback, you can't give him a five-year, $25 million deal. If you re-sign a quarterback, it's a five-year, at least $100 million deal. And most of it's going to be guaranteed. You ready to hook that up? You ready to do that yet? 
because Baker's been this way during his, his career. He's been up and down. He's been fabulous to this point. I, I don't have any – I don't even think Baker played that bad in that Philadelphia game. I really don't. Could have played a lot worse. He didn't play that bad. I still think we could be better around Baker Mayfield. I really do. I think his, so. to this point, his leadership has been good from, what, from my vantage point. And I could, as somebody who's been there before, I could usually tell if a player's popular or not. From Because I've been there. I just know the way people act towards people. And he looks like a popular player. And a lot of times people think people, people are popular. I know when the whole Philadelphia Eagle thing was going on with Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens, and everybody's like, Terrell Owens is ruining that locker room. I'm like, that ain't the way it is. Because locker rooms aren't one-sided. Locker rooms always have two sides. And a lot of times it's 50-50. So if Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb are, are, are bickering and feuding, half of them are going to be on T.O.'s side and half are going to be on Donovan's side because when you talk about leaders, leaders come in a lot of different shapes and a lot of different sizes. But the Bucks have to start thinking about their future always. They, Jason Light could never take the brakes off of the future. You have to always be thinking about the future. That's why I'm saying... Don't put Mike Evans back on that field at 60%. Don't do it. Let Mike Evans get healthy. You know what's not important to us as Buck fans and to Buccaneer players? You know what's not important? That, that Mike Evans gets 1,000 yards this year. It's not important. What's important is that Mike Evans stays healthy enough to help this organization late in the football season. All the rest of it is irrelevant. So if I see more Godwin and more Palmer, and more Tompkins. I don't think that's a bad thing. That's working towards the future and the present because they're, they're, those kids are playing well right now, okay? So, you know, we, we're, we're force-feeding too much Mike Evans almost. And I've said this many, many times. I have so much respect for Mike Evans as a football player, as a person, what he's done on the football field, the way he, the way he competes. I love, I love every part of it. But it gets to a point where you got to pull back a little bit. You got to almost protect the athlete from himself. Our linebacker position, once we're talking future, linebacker position, Levante David getting towards the end, Devin White bickering at the beginning of the year and hurting. Don't think he played that great last two games. He didn't play that great. And early in the season, Devin White was running all over the place. And he just, I'm not seeing quite as much. All right. I'm here to tell you the way it is. What's the future? The future of an NFL franchise is not usually to pay the middle linebacker. That's usually not the fu- that's not a futuristic move. As you see, it's not it's not a futuristic move to pay the running back either. Nobody's paying their running backs. Nobody. So all these decisions and all these, you know, choices are going to come along the way real quick, really, really quick. And you can mess up your franchise quick fast in a hurry you know ask the Cleveland Browns you gonna give you gonna give Deshaun Watson a guaranteed contract huh I mean that's not that's not working that's not working it's not working and if you give that guy the money that guy has to play like that guy and then there's nothing else that guy has to play like that guy period I've been talking about running backs the whole show, so I'm not going to talk about the future running backs. I really don't think it matters. I really don't. To me, like somebody the other day was like, 
you know, so and so should get more. I, I wish that Keyshawn Vaughn would get more, more, more playing time. And I go, do you know if he can block? I go, well, what, what difference does that make? He's a running back. Well, running backs have to block a lot on the pass. And you ever see a, run, a linebacker blitz from alignment? Them son of a bitch is there. I mean, I'm telling you, it's hard to stop a linebacker that's blitzing from alignment. You're standing flat-footed, and he's running downhill, and he has a five-yard run at you, and you're standing flat-footed. So if you're blocking a guy like Brian Cox, who I had to block back in the day, and he lowers his head, you better have some anchor to you. So, oh, well, just put him in the game when he, it's a running play. Defensive coordinators are pretty smart. And if you put a running back in just when it's a running play, you won't get nary yards running. That's facts, okay? You got to be multidimensional. We're going to be fine at running back. Now, here's the part where I think we're heading in the right direction. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm saying it this early, all right? The Bucks are 3-1 and one with a makeshift offensive line. It's makeshift because it's kind of pieced together. But I can see the future of it, though. Like last year, you know, you know, we had some. We, I know Jensen was at the end of his rope, and although he didn't play much last year, but we have an offensive line in there now with Gadecki and 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 Malk, and obviously uh, Tristan Worse and his filer new kid, uh, Hainsey in there. It's a possibility that we have the same offensive line two years from now. That's when you get great. That's when you you start moving forward. And this Buccaneer team, they're winning despite their offensive line. I don't. You ask me if their offensive line is playing great, I would say they're playing fair. I would give them a C plus. All right, you can win with a C plus offensive line. I ain't ready to give them B's yet. You got to run the ball more. All right, Baker Mayfield. I've heard people say on sports radio quite a few times, the Bucks are better off with Baker Mayfield. And it, it irked me a little bit in the first two weeks. It's not irking me as much anymore because Baker Mayfield's gotten this Buccaneer franchise out of a lot of shit in the first four weeks. It really has. Not all of it, but he's. He, I I don't. I haven't seen a decision that Baker Mayfield has made yet this year that I go, gosh darn it. I saw Patrick Mahomes make four of them last night. You can't ask for anything more than that, than what Baker Mayfield is giving this Buccaneer team right now. In the leadership, on, off the field. And listen, I don't, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't give a rat's ass about, uh, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing if you have a charity. That has nothing to do with football. It doesn't. I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I have a foundation, but that doesn't mean you're a good football player or you should be the quarterback of a football team. I don't give a crap. But it's, 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 it's a good thing for a player to be accepted in his community. And I think Baker Mayfield is working towards that. I think in a lot of ways, he's quite the community guy. Baker Mayfield is a likable guy. I, I hear I hear it. He's likable because he's that undersized kid that that could have been me. He works hard. He plays hard. He's straight arming guys. And, you know, Justin Herbert is more of a statuesque, prototypical guy. He wasn't like fun though. Like Baker looks like a guy you can hang out with, have a beer, and I'm good. He's that guy. We know that. We know that. And I think people are attracted to that. But you have to watch yourself though, that that doesn't become too appealing. Because what we want ultimately is for this Buccaneers franchise to be working towards another regime or another era 
of greatness. And if you ask me to this point, if that's going to start with Baker, I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm not ready to do it yet. So greatness and longevity is not this year, it's not next year, it's down the way. So we even sign up for Baker next year, for next year, and Baker wouldn't do that. If Baker's having a great year, he's not going to sign a one-year one year deal. He's not going to do that. Because you're once you prove to yourself you're a bona fide NFL quarterback, again, and that's what he's doing right now. At the beginning of this year, when everybody's like, whoa, he has his back against the wall and he has a chip on him, who gives a shit? Seriously, a chip on your shoulder? I don't know an athlete doesn't have a chip on their shoulder. What does that mean? Whether you're the first pick in the draft or last pick in the draft or a free agent, if you don't have a chip on your shoulder, you ain't going to make it. You don't have a chip on your shoulder. You didn't put it in. You didn't put in the work to get to where you are. So that's not why Baker Mayfield is succeeding. Baker Mayfield is succeeding because he's putting in the work. And he's having people around him buy into what he's selling. That's it. There's nothing else around that. Baker Mayfield is making people buy in. And it looks good. And the Bucks at 3-1, and one, I'm not quite ready to say that I'm, I'm buying in yet. They're buying in. I'm. Give me one more. Give me one more. If the Bucks won't be, win one of the next two games, they're in a, they're in great shape. They're in great shape. And there's if you watch the first four games to the Buccaneers to this point, and if you watch as much NFL football as I've watched this year, there's not one team on that roster on that schedule that Bucks can beat. Not one. I've watched every team this year. Philadelphia Eagles come come out and look beatable at times, okay? Kansas City looks beatable more often than not. Um, San Francisco's a son of a bitch, though. It's a lot. San Francisco's a lot to deal with, a lot. I, I predicted the Bills beating Miami. predicted that. Oh, my God, they scored 70. The week before, they got they didn't get shut down, but they got slowed down by New England, right? So to this point, boy, three and one, life is fantastic. You're supposed to be wearing your Buccaneer gear. I know I got my Expos joint on, but you're supposed to be wearing your Buccaneers gear. Where are the Buccaneer flags? Where are they at? I'm not seeing the Baker Mayfield jerseys yet. Maybe everybody's, maybe they're scared to, to jump on the jerseys that quick. I get it. I'm elated. I'm elated at everybody around me watching Buccaneer football. If you're a Buccaneer fan and you live in this community, you should be elated too. You know why? Because it's wonderful for our community. And if you don't think that winning, the Buccaneers winning, and our economic success aren't directly correlated, you better ask somebody. You better ask somebody because I know this is an extreme uh, example, but I know Joe Redner very well, and I know his bottom dollar has a lot to do with the Bucks winning or losing. The Bucks lose, or nobody want to go to Mons Venus to get no lap dance. But the Bucks win, let's go. Let's go. That's where we are with the Buccaneers right now. We're 3-1. and one. Life is good. And uh, it looks, it looked, I, I, I'm getting optimistic and it's getting scary. Because I, I, when I get optimistic, things seem to turn the other way. I like for people to prove things to me. And in the first four games, the Bucks have proven as much as I need to be proven. Because I didn't think they'd be worth a darn this year. 
So I'm ready to be, I hope I'm wronger than I've ever been before. And they start figuring things out and they figured it out already, it's three and one. God bless is a beautiful thing. If anybody ever wants to get in touch with me, um, social media, I'm Ian underscore Beckles, um, pretty much uh, Instagram and that's it. I have some other podcasts as well. Uh, this is In the Trenches, obviously, you have Mental Intimacy, and I also have uh, Brooks and Beckles that I'm doing with the great uh, Derek Brooks talking football as well, so check that out. And I'm on the bone every Saturday from noon to two uh, talking football on the football show, so I appreciate you all, you guys and gals always tuning in. I appreciate you, and uh, four and one would be a little too much for us, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to experience. Have a wonderful week, and be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.